This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, today we're concluding our sermon series on the book of Genesis. We looked at the opening 11 chapters of Genesis and the origin really of everything. And today we're looking at the origin of all the nations and languages, but really uh, the focus is the origin of pride. And so I'll read now from Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel story. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel or Babylon, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you for gathering us here around your word. There are many places we could be right now, but we're here because we want to set aside this time to hear from you. And so open our hearts, speak to our hearts. Uh, Don't let me get in the way of your word and let everything be done to the glory of your name. In your name we pray, amen. The 1981 film Chariots of Fire is based on the true story of the 1924 uh, British Olympic team and it really focuses on two main characters, Eric Little and Harold Abrahams. And Eric Little, he was a a Christian missionary. He was a missionary in China, but he's also really fast. And so he's invited to be on the team and to run for the Olympics. And his sister thought that he was um, getting distracted away from God's calling on his life. And so this is how he responded to his sister. He said, God did make me to serve in China, but God also made me fast. And when I run I feel his pleasure. So when he believed that, that running was how he was, it was a call that he was called to do, it was something that God wanted him to do. And there's the other character, Harold Abrahams, and he seems to be a, kind of an insecure, vindictive, angry kind of person who's always trying to prove himself. And so in one of the last scenes, uh, when he is about to run his last race, he's got this famous line. He says, in about an hour, I will lift my eyes and look down that corridor, that four-foot stretch, and I have 10 seconds 
to justify my existence. What I love about this movie and these two characters, they really display two different ways to do the same thing. They're both running. They're both both gifted runners, but one says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And the other one says, I run to justify my existence. And I actually feel those two characters kind of at work in my own heart. Sometimes I'm more like Eric Little and and when I do things like preach and teach and, and write and lead and counsel, I do this. I do the work of a pastor because I feel like God called me to do this. He made me to do this. And when I do it, I feel God's pleasure. But those are, then there are times when I, I do these things uh, out of insecurity. And it goes something like this, that, that I write a sermon and work really hard on a sermon, not just to give you a good message, but because I want to be known as a good preacher. And then sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll write a, a book or a blog post or do some different writing, not just because I want to serve the people, but because I want to justify my existence because I want to be known as a good writer. And then sometimes I, I visit or email or do the work of a pastor and lead, not because I'm a pastor, that's my calling, but because I want to be known as a good pastor. And he started doing all of these things with kind of that, mo- that motivation of that Harold Abraham said, I do this to justify my existence, to build a name for myself with this kind of hope that at the end of my life, I'll build something, maybe something that will be remembered, something that people will, will praise, something that will mean that my life mattered. And that's really a picture of pride. I wonder if you, you feel that tension in your own heart where you have things that you're very gifted at and things that you can do, uh, maybe the, the work that you do, uh, maybe uh, your role as a, a husband or a wife or a parent or a neighbor. And, and you, sometimes you do those things because when you do them, they come easy and you feel God's pleasure. But then sometimes you do those things because you want to be remembered because you're trying to build a name for yourself because you want people to look at you and think you're, you're something special. You want to justify your existence. Well, today we're concluding this sermon series, Origins. We've been looking at the book of Genesis, the origin of everything. And we could have really looked at this book, I think, in two different ways. We could have looked at the um, origins of kind of the visible, external landscape of the world. Like when you look out in the world and you, you see the, the sun and the moon, the stars and the plants and the trees and animals and say, where did that come from? Well, you go to Genesis. That's how God brought life into this world. Or you look at the world and you see that it's been molded and shaped by catastrophic events. Like, like uh, you look at the Grand Canyon or the pointy Rocky Mountains, you think, What happened to make these big catastrophic uh, differences in our world? Well, we look at the story of the flood. Or you could look at all the nations and languages and you see all this visible evidence of nations and languages and backgrounds. Say, where did all these nations and languages come from? Well, you look at the origin story of the Tower of Babel and you can find out. But we really haven't been focusing on all those external origin stories, like all the visible things that have happened. We've really been focusing about on the internal landscape. That when we look inside of our hearts, we have questions like, 
Why do I have a a need for purpose and meaning? Well, because God created me for a purpose. We find that in page one. When I look in my heart, why am I so selfish sometimes and I want to be the God of my own universe? Well, you look at Genesis chapter three and the fall into sin. And you look at like, why is there so much anger in my heart? Well, you look at the origin of anger with Cain and Abel. And today, when you look inside your heart and you say, why can I be so prideful and so arrogant? And why can I see that in other people? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. Today, we're going to try to answer the question, what is the origin of pride? Where did it come from? And also, why is it so dangerous? And to answer that question, we'll go back to, the, um, go back to our text, Genesis chapter 11, where it begins, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As the people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. So this is after the flood. Uh, You remember Pastor Bill preaching the flood last week? And and so God started over with Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And if you were to open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 10, you would see a thing called the Table of Nations. Uh, it, It gives the explanation of where all the different nations came from. How did they spread out across the universe or across the world, across the earth? And, and this chapter 11 explains that at one time they weren't spread out. At one time they settled in one area. And how did they get to the point of, of spreading out all over the world? Well, we read in verse three that they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They use brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. So this ancient group of people, they want to use the best building materials possible. Uh, they don't want to use stone. Stone can be hard to work with and, and heavy and hard to, hard to build into a building. And so they want to use bricks, but not just any kind of like sun-dried bricks. They want to bake these bricks. They want them to be durable. They want the best building materials possible. But why? What are they trying to build? What's so important to them? Why are they gathering on this project? Well, they said, come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. And so they wanted to build a city. And that's not necessarily wrong to, to, build, to build a great city. And we have towers that, that serve all sorts of different functions. You think about like a lighthouse or other kinds of towers that have very useful, important functions. So it's not necessarily bad for them to build a city or a tower. But now in the next line, we see their ultimate motivation. They want to build a city and a tower so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. What they wanted to do is they were wanting to, they wanted to build something with these bricks to build a big tower in a great city so that they would be looked at and be remembered and people say, wow, look at, they did something memorable, important. They should be worshipped. They should be at the center. And they were doing this because they ultimately didn't want to be scattered. Well, what was their concern about that? Well, after the flood account, God commanded, and he actually repeated a command to, to humanity, go out and spread, fill the earth. But they didn't want to fill the earth. 
They want to do their own thing. They don't want to listen to what God had to say. They want to do their own thing. In fact, they wanted to be their own gods, creating their own legacy so that they would be worshipped. This is really an act of pride. But where does pride come from? What's its origin? What's underneath the surface? And to answer that question, we got to really go back almost even farther, go back to the beginning. On page one of the Bible, uh, the Lord created the first humans. And when he created humans, he said um, that, that humans were made in the image of God, in God's likeness. Humans were made to reflect God. Uh, humans are different than any other part of creation, different than animals. Humans are God's special representatives. We were to, we're to take care of creation. We are God's We are to be like God. We are to reflect the qualities of God. We are to be God's image bearers. But we are not to be God. But the first two humans, they weren't content to just being God's representatives. They wanted to take the place of God. And that's really the whole uh, meaning of the story of Adam and Eve and the garden story. See, God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, this paradise, and at the center of the garden was this tree. And that tree represented God. God was the, um, he was the one who decided what is good and evil. That's why that tree was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree represented God. And God was supposed to be at the center of their lives. But they weren't content to let God be at the center of their lives. They weren't content to let God decide what's good and evil, right and wrong. They listened to the serpent. They listened to the devil because they wanted to be God. They wanted to be at the center. They wanted to decide what's good and evil. And then what we see in the story of the Tower of Babel, of really the city of Babylon, is that you have a whole group of Adam and Eve's descendants building an Eden-like city. They're trying to recreate Eden. And at the center of their new city, their new Eden-like city, they don't put a tree. They put a tower, a monument to themselves, a new tree of knowledge of good and evil. This, this tower where they could be praised and be remembered and they could be at the center of the universe. But God knew that this was dangerous for them, that, that human beings were never supposed to be at the center We were never supposed to be gods. And so we read this. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building. Now, sometimes the Bible uses this language to kind of describe God and and kind of human language. But I think there's some irony here. Um, You know, these humans are trying to build this great big tower and this great big city. And God has to kind of come down and squint and, oh, this is what you're building, this great big city. He's got to kind of get down on his hands and knees like a, a man trying to peer into an anthill, like, oh, this is what, this is your great big building, huh? And he sees what it is, and he sees it not as a great accomplishment, but as a destructive thing in their lives. Verse 6 is this, the Lord said, if one If as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God's not concerned about rivals, but he knows that as a a group of human beings, 
that are selfish and self-centered, trying to make a name for themselves. They're building up themselves, making a monument to themselves. This is going to destroy them. Because anytime you look at history, anytime human beings set themselves up as the center, as the, as the one to be praised, as the idol, they always get destructive. They always get violent. They always turn on each other. So God knows that this is not a good thing. And so they said, come, let's, let's bake these bricks. Let's build this city. And God responds with this. He says, come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So they want to gather together. Come, let's build this city. And God says, come, let's go down and destroy this city as an act of mercy as an act of mercy so that they would not set themselves up as their own gods and live for themselves and, and serve themselves and destroy themselves. And this is the biblical explanation of, of where languages and nations came from. This is the original scattering as they scattered throughout the world. And so just as maybe you, you look at um, you look at the rainbow and you remember God's mercy. You, you look at all the world's languages and you can remember God's mercy for not letting us destroy ourselves as we think about all these different people groups. And then this account ad, ends pretty abruptly. He says, so the Lord scattered them from all over the earth and they stopped building the city. In their, their insecurity, masked as pride. They try to secure value for themselves, secure a city for themselves, and all of their fears were realized. They were forgotten and they were scattered. And I think when we read this account that it allows us to answer this opening question, what is the origin of pride? Where does pride come from? Pride began when humans try to take the place of God. That's how pride always is. Pride is when we want to be at the center. And in fact, if you don't believe in God or you don't have a God, the only ultimate thing is to be filled with pride because you have to be in the center of your own world. And that's what pride is. And, and, and we loathe it when we see other people. We, we, we hate when people are arrogant, when they're full of themselves, but it's so hard to see it in ourselves. That's what C.S. Lewis wrote, that, that it's the one sin that we can easily see in other people but we can almost never see it in ourselves. But it is any time we set ourselves as our own God that we want to call the shots, we want to be in control, we want to decide what's right or wrong, we want to take the place of God. We want life to be about us being at the center, us building up our own monument to ourselves, our own legacy for ourselves. And not only is this spiritually destructive, because we were never designed to be at the center. We're going against God's design. It's also foolish because all our man-made towers will fall. Sometimes our man-made towers fall because of God's mercy. Uh, we're setting ourselves up by our own God. We're living for ourselves. We're, we're living for our own glory, for our own recognition, for our own name, like Harold Abrahams. We're, we're trying to take these, these 10 seconds in this race to justify our existence. And God, in his mercy, he comes in and he destroys our plans. 
sometimes our towers fall because of our own recklessness, our own sin, the fact that we're limited, the fact that we're not as great as what we thought we were, that, that, that eventually it gets found out that we're not perfect human beings, that we're not that great. Or then just over time, because of our mortality, we die. And soon all those things that we tried to accomplish are forgotten. I mean, just think about this. How much do you know about your great-grandparents? How much of what your great-grandparents accomplished is remembered today? I mean, that's, for many of us, that's 30 years ago, maybe 50 years ago, and it's already forgotten, already gone. And the same is true for you. All these things, all this effort that we have in our lives to build up ourselves, to make a name for ourselves, to be remembered, to put ourselves to the center, to put ourselves to the center of every, every post, every, every, every picture, every idea, every accomplishment, everything, to put ourselves to the center, and it's all going to be forgotten. And that would be a tragedy if that was the point of life. If this were the point of life and no one's ever been able to accomplish it, that would be a tragedy. But what if this isn't the point of life? To be at the center, to make a name for ourselves, to secure our own identity, to secure our place in history. You see, the the truth is, God's up to a building project. He's been building something since the creation of the world. And he's been building it through the work of Jesus Christ. The whole history is waiting for Jesus to come into this world. And although human beings were never made to be God, God became a human being. God became a human being and he lived the life that you and I were supposed to. He used all of his time, all of his energy, not for his own glory, but to serve other people. And then there was one time where he was lifted up, but he wasn't lifted up on a throne. He wasn't lifted up to be praised. He was lifted up on a cross to be crucified for all of your sins. For all those times we had these disordered priorities, all the times we tried to make a name for ourselves, he died for all those sins and he rose again. And now the Bible says that Jesus who has ascended into heaven is the foundation of something that God is building. God is building a temple, the new Jerusalem. He's building the the kingdom of God. And listen to what the Bible says about you. In the New Testament, in 1 Peter, it says this, as you come to Jesus, you also are living stones being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Who are you? You're a brick in God's building. The reason your life isn't about building your own towers because God's building something and he wants you to be a part of it. God is building an eternal kingdom, an eternal temple, a new Jerusalem that will be forever enjoyed, and he wants you to be a part of it. So so here's the big take-home point. Don't build a tower for yourself. 
Your life is not about you. You're not at the center of your story. It's not about you being remembered. It's not, it's not about you. Be a brick in God's building. Be about what he's building. And that happens in your everyday life. You know, you know just like those two runners, um, Eric Little and a- Harold Abrahams, they were both running their race, but they did it for different reasons. And so you can be doing the same thing that your neighbor is doing at your job or in your community or in your family, but you want to do it for God's glory, being a part of his kingdom. And so if you're a teacher or a coach, you see those kids, you're not about building your own legacy as a coach or a teacher. You are there to serve those kingdom or those kids as a part of God's kingdom. If you're in the trades, a plumber, electrician, a construction worker, you're not building those buildings or putting those things together to make a name for yourself. You are working for God in the name of the Lord and what you do in his name will matter for eternity. If you're a doctor, a nurse, you're in the medical field, you're serving people and healing people and taking care of people, not to make a name for yourself. That's all going to be forgotten. But when you do things in the name of Jesus, because he's given you those gifts, those works will last for eternity. And I pray as your pastor that I would do these things like preach and teach and visit and counsel and lead not for my own glory, but because I want to be a brick in God's building. I want to be about God's business. This tension that we have in our hearts is is not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, We're going to have that Eric Little and that Harold Abrahams in our own hearts. There's going to be times when, when we're going to do our work, we're going, to, we're going to run because God made us fast. And when we do that, we feel his pleasure. We, we're going to do that because we believe we are a brick in God's building. But then there's going to be those other times where we're going to be insecure and selfish and self-centered. And we're going to be doing things to build up our own kingdom, our own tower. And God in his grace, he's going to let that tower fall. We're going to hit rock bottom, and when that happens, and it will, we can run back to Jesus, the cornerstone of God's building, and he can remind us who we really are. We're not God. We're not at the center. We are never designed to be. We're made in God's image, saved by him, and so be a brick in God's building for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, you have given us good things to do. You've given us talents and abilities. There are some things that just come easy to us, but we can get so confused with those gifts. We think it's about building up our own tower, making a name for ourselves, being selfish and self-centered. Lord Jesus, forgive us. Help us now to use those very same gifts and talents to the glory of your name. We want to do something that matters for eternity. And so connect us to your eternal purpose. Let us be a brick in your building. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.